This sermon was recorded at Highway Palo Alto in Palo Alto, California. If you'd like to find out more about Highway Community, you can head to www.highway.org. Well, good morning, everybody. Glad you're here. Today we're continuing a series of messages um, in a series called Jubilee, Jubilee Life. And Jubilee Life is based upon the celebration uh, in uh, the Old Testament where it began, talked about fulfilled in Christ, um, and fulfilled in Christ's work on our behalf. And so this is about trying to understand how to live into and live, live out uh, the riches that are found in Jesus Christ. And those riches are rest, Sabbath, redemption, freedom, forgiveness, restoration, and justice. A jubilee life experiences Christ's riches and then shares those riches. It pours through us, and it's the essence of being a missionary. And so the Lord Jesus came on mission to save us, and now we are his missionaries, his hands and, and feet. Now this morning, we're going to look at the, the core teaching, uh, the core theme of Jubilee, and that is Sabbath. And Sabbath is the storyline of the Bible. For six days, God created the cosmos, and then on the seventh day, he rested. And created in God's image, he directs, he directs us to do the same, uh, to work your six days and then stop on the seventh. And when God told the Jews to rest every seventh day, if you think about this, it was the invention of the weekend. There was nothing like this uh, before God began to reveal these things uh, to the Jews as they formed as a nation there in the wilderness and then entered into the land. There wasn't this idea of taking a day to rest. And so the question for us and the question behind this message this morning is, how do we live this Sabbath? Uh, how can we enter it? And then and how can we also include others in that rest? Now, to prepare for this, we're going to watch a, a video clip, a film clip, and it's from a music video by a band called Sigur Rós. Who, who, how many of you have ever heard of Sigur Rós? All right, my people. I've enjoyed, I've enjoyed their music for a long time. Actually, started listening to it to block out all the noise in church offices so that I could study. And um, my wife doesn't like it. Diane calls it aquarium music. <laughs> and then there's another turn it off that comes right after that. Um, but in this, this is, a, this is part of a music video um, for uh, a song called Glossoli. And in this, we see that there are these Icelandic uh, middle schoolers who are in sort of traditional garb, and they're just, they're just running. They're being led by a leader. He's beating, beating the drum as they approach uh, the, the edge of a cliff. And so let's watch it. Well, I'm here today to beat the drum for the Sabbath. <laughs> uh, it, it's, the Sabbath is something that we jump into. And so I hope that this morning brings you right up to the edge. You jump off and swim into the air in the freedom and rest and joy of the Sabbath. If you notice their faces, there was just this picture of pure delight on their faces. And that's what the Sabbath is for. That's the nature of the Sabbath when we take it. The first time I watched this video, I got kind of a sick feeling in the pit of my stomach as the kids approached the edge, you know, kind of just the uncertainty of that and confusion. But um, this might be your reaction 
when you hear that today's message is going to be on the Sabbath. You've heard about this before. Maybe at times you've had feelings of like guilt. I know that there's something there that I should be doing, but I don't really know how to do it. Um, but the Sabbath is truly, it's a beautiful mystery. Um, and it's something that we just have to release ourselves into and allow it to lift us up. Now, tucked into the middle of the Decalogue, the Ten Commandments, is the Fourth Commandment, and it says, remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. And one of the primary reasons that pilgrims came to North America was to seek religious freedom in order to celebrate the Sabbath in the way that they chose to do it, and it became an integral part of American life. And even after Puritanism lost its hold on American culture, the American Sunday was observed with unusual strictness up to maybe, I don't know, 30 or 40 or 50 years ago. If you're old enough, you might remember the blue laws, called blue laws because they're written on blue paper. Um, but there were all kinds of restrictions about the Sabbath. You didn't, you didn't go shop on the Sabbath. The banks were not open on the Sabbath. And so there was this period of time uh, in our nation where the Sabbath was something that people tried to recognize. You would never have a sports league schedule their games on a Sunday during that time. But today, ours is a startup culture. We're in a perpetual motion uh, culture at a breathless pace, and we've never needed Sabbaths more than we do now. For thousands of, year, the sa the, for thousands of years, the Sabbath kept workaholism in check, and now workaholics are some of our most admired citizens. And so our unwillingness to show restraint blinds us to the real benefits of pacing and pauses. So God created, he created us to be finely tuned creatures with a very specific schedule of maintenance. And it'd be good for us to pull out the owner's manual and take a look at it. And so here's what the Bible talks about. Uh, the Bible begins with the story of creation. Each day, each new creation is seen as a step toward a completion that occurred uh, on the Sabbath. And so creation's climactic culmination is the act of stopping. In Genesis 2, 2 and 3, it says, By the seventh day God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day he rested from all his work, and God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, set apart, because on it he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. So on the seventh day, after establishing the functions of creation, God entered his temple, and he took up the controls, and he has never left. When we rest on the Sabbath, we are recognizing that. We're recognizing that he's the author of order and the one who brings this rest and stability to our lives and to the world. And it's no wonder that the Sabbath was the central idea in the Jubilee social legislation that God shared with his people through Moses that is the foundation of our, of our series that we're in right now. In Exodus 20, verses 9 through 11, it says, Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you, uh, nor your son or daughter, nor your male or female servant, nor your animals, nor any foreigner residing in your towns. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea, and all that is in them, but he rested on the seventh day, and therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day, and he made it holy. And so every seven days, everyone, men and women, slave and free, rich and poor, even animals, observed Shabbat, this word for ceasing. So literally, the Sabbath means to stop, and they entered nuach, a Hebrew word for rest. So cease in order to rest. And every seven years, the land rested, and slaves were released, 
and debts were forgiven. And after seven times seven years, the land was returned to the original owners and families, and they gathered in their inheritance. And then the year of Jubilee, the 50th year, was a huge party to enjoy all of that. Rest, redemption, freedom, forgiveness, healing, and justice. God gave the Jews entire years in order to do this. But they failed to fulfill it because they didn't start with rest. And so the very first, the, the core theme of Jubilee is this idea of stopping. And because the Jews wouldn't stop then, they never fully celebrated or experienced all the other wonderful gifts that were a part of Jubilee. And so the question for us is, how can we experience Sabbath rest? How can we do it today? How can we do it in this cultural context? How can I do it with young children in my home? How can I do it when I am just so indispensable to so many things all the time? Uh, you know, we don't, we, didn't, we didn't really feel like that, but we function like that. And so the Sabbath is a very important break and a reminder that God is in control and it's a time to experience and celebrate the things that God gives to us. And so how do we celebrate a Sabbath? Well, first of all, we need to stop. You just have to stop, have to, have to cease. In Exodus 16, 23, uh, it says, this is what the Lord commanded. Tomorrow is a day to be a day of rest, a holy Sabbath to the Lord. So bake what you wanna bake and boil what you wanna boil, save whatever is left and keep it until morning. And so there was a preparation in order for them to be able to celebrate the Sabbath day. And so the idea on the Sabbath is that this is the day that we embrace our limits. We embrace our limits. We recognize our humanity. It's our day to acknowledge that God is in fact in control of this universe and I am not the general manager of it. Stopping on the Sabbath reminds us that God, not us, is holding everything together. We celebrate by ceasing. We cease from work. Sabbath is a day that we don't make bricks. <laughs> for the Jews before the Exodus, life in Egypt was comprised of making bricks for Pharaoh. Every day, all day, the Jews made bricks. Bricks, 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 eat, sleep, more bricks, 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 and tomorrow will be just like today, bricks, bricks, bricks. That was the life of slaves in, in Egypt. And when they were rescued by God in the Exodus, God commanded them to take one day each week and don't make any bricks, just to remind you that you're no longer slaves. You're not slaves to your work. You're not a production unit. Don't worry about production because God will provide. And so the first, the first thing that must be done in order to celebrate a Sabbath is you just have to, we just have to cease. We have to stop. And then after we have stopped, when we stop, then we're able to rest. We're able to rest. Now Hebrews 4, 9 through 11, it says this, there remains then a Sabbath rest for the people of God for anyone who enters God's rest also rests from his own work just as God did from his. And so let us therefore make every effort to enter that rest so that no one will fall by following their example of disobedience. And so the various elements of the Sabbath looked forward to something, actually looked forward to finding rest in a person. The Lord Jesus is our Sabbath rest. The endless Old Testament sacrifices culminated in one, Jesus' sacrifice for us. The endless self-effort ceases in Sabbath rest in Christ. And when we enter into a relationship with Christ, we enter this rest, and all the themes of Jubilee are found not in a day or a social contract, but all these riches that we 
have to enjoy and to share, these are all found in a person. They're found in the Lord Jesus Christ. And so once we stop and accept God's invitation to rest in Christ, well then we can, we have to stop in order to change the pace. We have to change the pace. There's a, there's a rhythm to rest. And the nature of our lives, with all the different demands that we tend to be constantly trying to keep up with, um, I mean, the pace tends to pick up. And then we begin to break down uh, in one way or another. The breakdown might be physical, it might be emotional, it might be something with family, uh, it certainly could be spiritual. But we need to have a different rhythm. And, and a rhythm of rest, rest, it, it makes one moment different from another. And so God rested after his work of creation, and every seventh day we do the same. And the Sabbath is the day to, to just stop pushing ourselves. And I think that we've all experienced the low-grade dis despair that comes when our days blend into each other. We wake up, we eat breakfast, we brush our teeth, go to school or work or the office, we change another diaper, do another load of laundry, write a check, fill a tank, cook a meal, and then repeat it all over again the next day and the next day and the next day. Each day looks like the, ne like the next. Everything starts to feel the same, and life starts to feel like sort of the existential equivalent of a refrigerator buzz. And we start feeling like, I've got to find a break. I've got to find rest. A Sabbath should start in a way that it allows you to change pace, to change rhythm, and it should be in a different way than other days. And so I'm not going to tell you how to have a Sabbath day. I'm going to share principles this, this morning um, that I think are important to consider in this process, but this is going to be different for everyone. And so what does a day of rest look like for you? What is it, you know, is it, is it if it's possible, if you don't have little kids, you know, that are waking you up, to just sleep in? I mean, not just, not to, don't get up at the same time. Uh, just, just linger with that. Maybe prepare a breakfast. You're not just going to eat your breakfast bar and coffee and get out there but you actually prepare something and you enjoy that food. You take a long time with your coffee. Uh, if you're male, don't shave. If you're female, don't wear makeup. Now that's also something you have to confer with a spouse on, by the way. But I mean, so the Sabbath is just a day to change it up. Uh, wherever you are, you know, don't, don't take the short way home. Take the long way home. Leave your iPhone, iPad, i everything, just leave it off for the day or a portion of the day. Unplug yourself. You know, it wasn't that long ago that we didn't have these smartphones that tend to dominate our lives. And so how do we, how do we function in a way that they don't become our master? Well, that's what the Sabbath is about because the Lord is our master. And so when we release those things, then we allow him to control. And so we stop and we stop and we rest. And so there's this, this new rhythm. I mean, we've, we've, we're making a break with, ha with what happens in every other day. And now we can delight. Delight. And these are not linear or ordinal. These are all sort of happening at the same time if we choose to take a Sabbath. In Genesis chapter 131, it says, God saw all that he had made, and it was very good. And there was evening and there was morning the sixth day. And so after finishing creation, God stepped back and he admired his work. He took delight in what he had done. And as part of observing Sabbath, God invites us to delight 
in his creation and the gifts that he provides. Because that creation is for us. We're heirs to this. And so ask yourself, what, what, is, what it really gives you joy? What gives you a sense of real delight? I mean, what is it? Who are the people? Where are the places? What are the things that delight you? Can you imagine just planning a day where those are the things that will be the different components to that day? Engage in activities that restore and replenish you. It might be a nap. It might be a hike. Maybe you'll do some reading. Maybe you'll eat some good food. You know, you go out and enjoy a hobby that you just can't seem to get to. Or you go out and start kicking the ball around and just enjoy something physical. Read your favorite passage of scripture. Listen to your favorite song. Prepare your best dish. Write a letter, take a walk, spend part of the day in silence. Do something special with your children. Allow them into the planning of that day. I cannot think of, of, a, of a better practice for, for families than to take their children and actually plan a day when we together today, we are going to take delight in what God has done for us. We're gonna do things that our kids like. We're gonna allow this to be something that is very, very special that creates a break and allows us to have the right pace within our family context. Create your own, create your worship service, your Sabbath day. And so stop, rest, delight, and now reflect. In Deuteronomy 5.12, it says, observe the Sabbath day. And so observe it, think about it, examine it. Not just observe it in terms of taking it, but you observe it by keeping it holy. You observe it by setting it apart as a day that is different from all the other days as the Lord your God has commanded you. And so what makes a Sabbath a biblical Sabbath is that it is, it is holy to the Lord. We're not talking about taking time off from God. This is a way to draw closer to him, but it's not that we're sitting with our Bibles and we're you know, studying things and, or sitting and singing songs. Maybe that would be part of your Sabbath day. But really it's drawing closer to him through all of the gifts that he has given to us. It's an invitation to see the invisible in the visible. All the things that we enjoy and appreciate, we can begin to make that connection with the goodness of God in our lives. That's how we draw closer. That's how we observe. That's how it becomes holy. We recognize the hidden ways God's goodness is at work in our lives. We are the consummate consumers. We're always enjoying things. We, and there's so many things that we don't even, we're not really even grateful for or thankful for because we've never taken the time to kind of step back and just to think about what that says about God's goodness in our lives. And so by reflecting, we can focus on those aspects of God's love that come to us through, the, through so many gifts, uh, the gifts of his hand. We intentionally look for his grandeur in everything. We look for it in people. We look for it in food. We look for it in art. We look for it in babies, sports, hobbies, music. And in this sense, reflection is an extension of delight. We're intentional about looking for the evidence of God's grace in all the things that he has given to us to enjoy. So in that sense, it is holy. In that sense, we, we immerse ourselves in it and we're drawn closer to God through it. And so Sabbath is a day to reflect. Sabbath is a day to audit your life. In Psalm 19:14, it says, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, O God, my rock and my redeemer. So the Sabbath is a day 
to take the temperature of your relationship with God. It's a day to consider the blessings you have in the Lord Jesus. It's a day to reflect on your most important relationships. What is my spouse or what are my friends or what are my children? What do they need from me today? Where do you need to declare jubilee and forgive this person and to extend grace? And so Sabbath is a day to just to, to, to reflect and to, to audit, to evaluate, to, to see things that we don't see in the madness of the usual flow of our lives. Am I too materially dri driven? Am I allowing my career to interfere with things that are more important? Have I just got too complex a life? You know, and when was the last time you called your mother? Well, Sabbath day would be a good time to do that. So, and so there's, we stop, we rest, we delight, and we reflect. And now we serve. Now this is one that is a little bit tricky. Usually in terms of you know, messages on the Sabbath, we just we usually don't talk about serving, right? So, so there's this idea that the Sabbath is kind of this, this day of torpor. <laughs> you, know, you just kind of sit there and you don't do anything and, and, and you're somehow resting. That could be a part of your Sabbath day. But that's not the way that Jesus celebrated his Sabbaths. And so if we look at Luke chapter 6, there's this familiar passage. It says, one Sabbath, Jesus was going through the grain fields and his disciples began to pick some heads of grain, rub them in his hands and eat the kernels. And some of the Pharisees asked, well, why are you doing what is unlawful on the Sabbath? Jesus answered them, well, have you never read what David did when he and his companions were hungry? He entered the house of God and he took the consecrated bread, the show bread, um, that was only lawful for the priests to eat, but he ate it because he was hungry. And he also gave some to his companions. And then Jesus said to them, the son of man is Lord of the Sabbath, which means uh, I have authority over these things. <laughs> and Jesus lived that out. I, I am the one who can say what is okay uh, to do. And what Jesus clarified was that celebrating the Sabbath is about the intentions of our heart. It's not all of these prohibitions that religious leaders had created. 39 specific ones that are in the Talmud, this Jewish, uh, basically an ongoing commentary on the Old Testament, 39 prohibited activities. And Jesus pointed out the hypocrisy in these with these religious leaders in many of the stories of, of the New Testament. Um, but Jesus introduced himself as the Lord of the Sabbath, and so he's correcting the way it's celebrated. And here's what he did. He taught in synagogues. He healed physically broken people. He retreated for quiet times with his father. He walked with his disciples explaining the kingdom of God. He had long, slow meals with his friends. I mean, it was an active day. The Sabbath day is a day to rest from labor, but this wasn't work for Jesus. Uh, and service on the Sabbath isn't work for us either. Now, when I say Sabbath, I'm not just meaning Sunday, right? And so when we talk about the fulfillment of the Sabbath rest in a person, the Lord Jesus, we are in Christ, your Sabbath could be any day of the week. It could be any part of that day of the week, right? But, I'm, but what I'm saying here is that as a part of that, if there was something that you decided to do to serve someone, that is not breaking the Sabbath. It fulfills the purpose that the Lord Jesus came uh, to earth to redeem humanity. And so if we, if we welcome the poor, if, if, we, if we visit prisoners, um, as some do in our church family, 
If we're with those who are just infirm, shut in, and we visit with them, the dispossessed, um, and we are welcoming them into Sabbath rest, and it's not work. It actually fulfills the purpose of our salvation. There's work that you do. If you're employed, there's work. Don't do any of that. Don't read anything relative to it. Leave that behind. That's part of the ceasing. That's the stopping. But there might be ways that you open your hand uh, to those who you might serve in some way that is, is actually walking in the footsteps of the Lord Jesus and the way he celebrated Sabbaths. And if you can bring your children along with that experience, then you're truly modeling to them the Christian life. And so how do Jesus's Sabbath celebrations inform ours? Jesus served. Maybe that will be a part of at least some of our Sabbath days. And so those are just, those are principles. We're not looking to make this into a law. But even with a video, it just, there was a character to that that is, that is something that has been forming over me, in, inside of me over years about this Sabbath day. It's like God has said, listen, I want you to take this. I mean, this is, this is self-care. This is, this, is, this is God's version of self-care. The whole Jubilee legislation was it, and mankind ignored it. And so for us to take a, a Sabbath day, he is saying, not only is this, you know, what I want you to do, I mean, this is something that is in, in, your, in your very best interest. This is what is going to enrich you as a, as, a human, as a human being, and you cannot fulfill that without it. There has to be ceasing. There has to be resting. You need to take delight. There needs to be reflection. And we need to serve him. So it's time to jump into the Sabbath. And the way to jump into the Sabbath is you've actually got to plan the Sabbath. It's interesting. You have to, you know, you have to organize non-productive activity, <laughs> right? Um, as the cat in the hat says, it's fun to have fun, but you have to know how. And so there has to be a Sabbath plan uh, that happens prior to. And if you fail to do that, well, then the Sabbath is not going to be what you want it to be. If you don't plan your Sabbath, the wrong things are going to fill that day. That's the part of of cordoning it off, of separating it out. It's a different day. There's different things that we celebrate on that day. The rhythm isn't seven, seven, seven. It's six and one, six and one. What will you do on the one? How will you look forward to that one? Now I've asked um, Aaron and Jean Cripps to share this morning. And this is, over the years, over the last few years, Aaron and I have had some conversations about, actually about families and Sabbath. Um, and if you know Aaron, Aaron thinks deeply. Why don't you guys come on over here? Both Aaron and Jean think very deeply on things. Um, and so, and I've listened to, to Aaron talk about some of the things that they processed on the Sabbath. Now, I don't have them here in order for you to fit into their mold. <laughs> the way that they have been trying to do this, that you're, but it's really just process. It's really just, here's, here's a, a very busy family, both working, two young children, and trying to have this enter into a portion of their lives. And so I just want to hand it over to them right now.
out. And over time, just hearing that it's more than that. But I didn't, I, I had an understanding of that. I, you know, your sermons would bring an understanding of it, but I didn't have an imagination for what it could be. And I was stuck there. I think it was just like, well, I got to do it right the first time. It's got to be perfect. Um, and, uh, and I think there were just years where I was just stuck with that. So um, becoming impatient with not doing anything about it, um, the first thing was to, to stop, I think. And so I shut off my phone and um, tried to rest from technology. This was probably, I don't know, four, four years ago. Um, and I just did it myself. I didn't start with my family um, and just let that roll. And um, what it did, though, is it impacts other people. When I don't have my phone with me, if I'm here, uh, one time I had to have Emily uh, grade text Jean uh, because I was running late. And, um, and so, I don't know, it's like throwing a rock in the pond and just seeing the, the ripples go. Um, and, and through experimenting with that, um, carving out some space on that day, leaving some white space, um, I looked for other things that I might want to fill it with. Um, and one of those things was actually just starting to read about the Sabbath. Um, so I, I read a book um, called The Sabbath, just, you know, Google it. And, Catchy uh, title. You know, yeah. special, I think. Yeah. Um, and then I read a book by um, Brueggemann called Sabbath as Resistance. Hmm. And um, Wendell Berry has a book of poetry, um, uh, Sabbath poems. So it's pretty easy to find a couple of things. And I would just read a small portion of it once a week. Not, hmm. not a lot. I didn't want to like power through it. it didn't, I didn't want it to become my job. Um, and I think that that, that, that began to open a, a, a crack in, in our lives for conversation for experimentation, for discovery um, as a family. And uh, I'd like Jean to share a little bit about her experience with that. Yeah, I think of, um, it was really a result of having years of just kind of learning and hearing about the Sabbath. And when Aaron actually started doing that and made me pause, and I think I really appreciated that you brought it up and we started to have conversations about what does Sabbath look like for us? How can we start to better incorporate this into our lives with, you know, being civil Even these small, you know, Sabbaths along the way, um, it was really helpful to see Aaron actually put away technology. You know, um, he, when he got home from work, he put his phone in, he had this little nook, and it was like, when I come home, that's even, you know, that one hour that I'm focused on being with my family after a day of work and not looking at my phone, even though, you know, there's work stuff, things to follow up on and things like that. And then on the weekends, kind of, Saturday sundown to Sunday sundown, and like Aaron said, that had impacts on if when, when we were not together during that time. It's like, well, what are you, what if I didn't have an emergency? I need to contact him. But, you know, again, having those conversations about, okay, what does it look like for us? Um, how does that impact the rest of us? And then inviting, you know, sort of us to have that conversation and bringing it together as a family. I think, you know, what Aaron talked about, okay, so we're stopping sort of the work part and the Have quiet and space to 
Why you, can you, can you, maybe some people don't know about Wesley. So Thanks, you guys. Thank, let's thank them for coming up. One of the, th one of the things I read this week um, was that if we learn to interrupt our life, and so if we learn how to cease and rest, then we are in a better posture for the interruptions of life, right? And so there can be times where, you know, everything's out the window, there's, there's an emergency, there's things to tend to. But sometimes that, those kinds of interruptions sometimes can, can kind of poison a person's relationship with God, right? Like, why is this happening to us? You know, and Sabbath prepares us for that, for that interruption. We go back to um, a baseline belief that, that this isn't outside of God's control, that God hasn't forgotten about us, that he's with us even in the midst of this. But those are some of the, the postures and and actually just the, um, the beliefs that become present um, as, we, as we celebrate the Sabbath. And so the band's gonna come up um, and uh, Jake is gonna sing a really beautiful song. Um, but we don't wanna make Sabbath a law. Uh, this is, we, are, we, we are not the Pharisees putting all these prohibitions on the Sabbath. But if there's one thing that I had hoped for this message today is that if you if this isn't something you've thought about much or something that you've been just sort of like, yeah, I hear about that, but I'm not really sure how to do it, and, and you know, maybe it kind of freaks me out because I'm so busy, that you would just begin to consider it, that you would begin to develop a vision for the idea that God is saying, I want you to have regular times in your life to reflect on the good things in your life, to reflect upon my presence in your life. And so it creates this foundation for our lives, for our appreciation and understanding of God, and it gives us, it gives us rest.